Welcome in everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast at Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It'll get the show out there. Share this with your friends, whoever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and myself. Feel free to connect with us on social media at Longhorn Pod. You could follow us on Facebook, the Longhorn Republic, where we'll do our post-game live stream this weekend and every weekend through football season. You can also shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. Come. We also like to remind you of our friends over at the Houston chapter of the Texas X. As your time is running out to register for their golf tournament, uh, it's this Saturday, September 26th. It starts at 8 a.m. It's a shotgun-style format, so it'll start an hour earlier than it normally does. Uh, but to finish before the Tech game, get you home and in front of whatever you'll be watching it on. It'll be at the Wildcat Golf Course. Uh, you can uh, find tournament and sponsorship information at texasx's.com. It's actually our third year to partner with them. We just really love what they're doing, trying to create opportunities for those that uh, need some assistance and need some scholarships to go to the University of Texas and have the experience that so many of us were able to enjoy, uh, making it more affordable for them. So we're really happy that we're uh, getting to partner with them as well. So breakfast, lunch, encore snacks, and some drinks will also be provided. There will be some raffle items, and you don't have to be present actually to win these raffle items, uh, including a golf package to attend the 2020 Houston Open. And this is super cool. Two tickets to the 2021 Texas Exes Scholarship Dinner with Earl Campbell. Uh, players will receive gifts and a swag bag. And again, you could buy raffle tickets and find more information at texasxes.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who hopes the Pappas brothers really do buy Lubies. Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? I mean, guys, it's it's on brand, right? If, if the Pappas brothers buy Lubies, obviously... They have to go ahead and buy Fuddruckers as well. And I'm just hoping that the Fuddruckers team is more responsive, or excuse me, the, the Papa's team is more responsive on social media than Fuddruckers, who's just been stonewalling me for years. Longtime listeners of the pod will know that there was a built-in, I mean, I'm not going to say that's why there's a bankruptcy claim, but a, uh, or a liquidation, I should say. Sorry. But, you know, a built-in sponsorship. We're begging for it. Fuddruckers, come on. Now would be a good time to rebrand. Give us a sponsorship. We will we will gladly wax poetic about those cheese wedges covered in delicious, delicious hot queso cheese, a thick slab of beef between two buns on a delicious burger. I'm getting hungry just talking about it. Um, Fuddruckers. Real good burgers. Not sponsors. But I would totally. I would eat. I, I'm I'm a firm believer in not eating on camera, but I would eat Fuddruckers on a live stream if they were if they were to join us uh, as a partner. But we're not here to talk about uh, burger chains that we love and maybe are. And even I mean I love me some Lubies, but that's a whole other conversation. We're here to talk some Texas football. Uh, Tom Herman had his uh, weekly press conference heading up to the Texas Tech game. Got an injury report. Got a depth chart that is basically irrelevant, but that's a whole another thing. We also have. Nick Harris, our friend uh, from Horns247, on to talk a little bit of recruiting. We'll obviously down the 40. We're going to bring the burnt orange lenses to you on Tuesdays rather than Thursdays now simply because, well, that preview show gets real thick real fast. And so we want to make sure that we don't uh, overload you on Thursday. So we'll bring the burnt orange lenses to you today. And then we'll obviously close the show out with some bang 
the drum. But Tom Herman held his weekly press conference. Uh, no game last week to speak about, but Texas is heading in to Lubbock for its uh, first conference game of the year. Uh, newly minted number nine in the AP poll. Texas gave us an injury update. Jordan Whittington's surgery was successful. Air quotes, it went well. They expect him to be out three to four weeks. So maybe OU, maybe the week after OU. Jake Smith is rehabbing a hamstring. They want to get him running on the ground tomorrow or Wednesday. Uh, they'll know about his status for uh, the game on Saturday. So hopefully we'll see some Jake Smith. Reese Moore has also recovered quite nicely from his scope and plans to practice on Tuesday. So we also got a depth chart, not a ton of changes, except that our boy, Dollar Dollar Bill Jean, Kai Money, and Schoolboy B are listed at co-backups to Jake Smith. So we will likely see both of those guys on Saturday. Uh, the big questions coming out of the presser, though, are travel. Because travel is iffy in... Uh, in the times of COVID. And so it, keeping your team from having to quarantine for two weeks is going to be a big deal. Traveling to Lubbock always is terrible, but especially terrible when the people two rows on either side of you, if you test positive, are all out and quarantining for two weeks. Yeah, the, the contact tracing. And, and again, I mean, I, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm saying anything out of line to say that, that Lubbock is a place that you always want to make sure you're taking all the protection and precaution whenever you enter that city just to make sure you don't catch whatever local strain is growing up there, but especially during the time of coronavirus. Um, I, it's going to be interesting, right? They asked Herman about it, and he was taking it seriously for sure, but he definitely um, kind of made the joke when someone asked about Ellinger. He joked that he'll be flying his own plane separately. Um, you know, it, Texas Tech has had 76 confirmed uh, cases. I think last week they had six active. I don't know that I've seen an updated stat that says um, where they're at right now or, or you know, how, how that's proceeding. But um, it, it definitely is something to think about, right? I mean, just, just look at from the, the uh, you know, uh, knowing two brothers, a story of two schoolers here, um, the UT schooler, the cooler schooler. Um, nice. Yeah, thank you. That's Hopefully that sticks. Not um, – has not tested positive. Um, the the Texas Tech schooler, like you know everyone in Lubbock, uh, has tested positive. So um, you know it it really seems like two programs that have handled this differently. Herman talked about how proud he was of the precautions they've taken, and um, you know when they're home, they can control that a lot more. Talks about kind of some of the traditions they've had to change and the the things that they're doing, the precautions they're taking. But you know not every school has necessarily taken every precaution that Texas has. They've been one of the best in in the country, and and some of that certainly could be luck, but certainly I think it comes with preparation. So just a, a not the major storyline for sure, but a storyline to monitor as um you know the days wind down until uh kickoff and we we get to the game. Um we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that, but I definitely felt like that was a uh, a running theme. Of, of Herman's presser coming off of a bye week and a 59-3 opening win. Uh, it maybe journalists didn't have the the hard-hitting questions to ask, and it was really the only kind of question mark in the air. Yeah, that, that's the big question mark, I think, for a lot of uh, of what's happening, again, heading into this game. Uh, Texas Tech right now, their Sunday round of testing had no new positive tests 
So that's a good thing. This game, uh, if Texas does what it's supposed to do and, and keeps everybody safe, or both schools keep everybody safe throughout the week, then this game will happen, which is something that I absolutely desperately need in my life. And so uh, Tom Herman said that uh, basically a crazy person would, would try to extrapolate too much from one game in this year. So we'll do a full preview on Thursday, and we'd love to have you there, but Kyle, when, when you look at expectations for a Texas Tech team that uh, should have lost, maybe, should have at least went to overtime uh, with HBU, what are you expecting Saturday from the Horns? I mean, basically, I'm just expecting that uh, maybe we are those crazy people who are going to try to extrapolate too much from each of one game for each team. But, I mean, there was a tale of two openers, right? Each of them were the Big 12 more talented team against an opponent that was less talented. Um, And in years past, Texas has been that other team in their opener. But Texas came in, took care of business, left no doubt, you know, created no, you know, room for anxiety or heartburn. Um, Tech, you know, certainly grayed some hairs of their fans um, and were effectively, you know, a missed two-point conversion uh, away from that one being close or potentially even losing it. I mean, they, they won by two points against a, an FCS team. So I think that's it, right? I think that all things equal, if you don't extrapolate too, too much, but you say these are both, you know, pretty good teams, but one is probably at least talent-wise and based on last year's performance and based on what we've seen this year um, and projections and things, I think that Texas should be the much stronger team and hopefully they can make this a, a you know, a case two of just coming in, taking care of business and leaving no doubt. Yeah. And, and again, I think we'll, we'll see more of it on Saturday, but even when you look at just lining up man to man, I think that's going to be the story for me all years. Like when you line up talent to talent, man to man, I pick Texas 10 times out of 10 for what Texas tech brings to the table. And that's not based on week one. Now if we're basing it on week one, then we'll have a whole, we're going to have a whole conversation about that on Thursday. But they absolutely carved up Tech's pass defense, and so we are coining the hashtag Let Sam Cook, and that will be our our rallying cry moving forward, especially when you have a team <laughs> that's giving up basically 600 yards through the air. I mentioned it and joked about it. We got a depth chart. Tom Herman is not a believer uh, in the depth chart. I believe he said it's irrelevant at this point. Uh, we, like I mentioned before, you see Kai Money and Brendan Schooler as the the options at number two at slot receiver with Jordan Whittington. Out. You didn't see a ton of other movement. I think Hookfin uh, is listed at the backup at right tackle, which is different from a week ago because he was scheduled not to play and then ended up playing, which is, again, completely okay. Um, so is there, is there a story to tell, Kyle, from the depth chart? Because really we don't know who this team is and who's going to suit up, especially with all the COVID stuff happening. Yeah, I mean, here's what I'll say, right? They're, if anyone tells you that they, they are – um, reading the the tea leaves of this, or reading the the palm lines of Herman as he wrote it, he didn't write it. Um, you know they are as much a charlatan as is uh, any of those um, people. But, but by all means, do call them on on the phone at, at you know 11 p.m. on a, on a Tuesday, and and they will tell you uh, psychicsness about your life. But no, no, no one really knows, right? They they intentionally like that's Herman's thing of saying it's irrelevant, but. I don't want to get into the one versus two, this person, that's burden, but the trend that I saw in there that I, I just wanted to highlight, and again, it is an odd season, um, but I think as we talk about how loaded this team is at, at multiple positions, how much um, depth and talent, I, I, one thing I want to point out is that 
Texas has done a good job recruiting, but there's kind of the second shadow recruiting that's going on with the really, really investing, strengthening, and 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 you know fattening up the preferred walk-on program. And you saw three players listed again. I'm not saying it means anything other than that they're listed, but three players from that preferred walk-on program. And of course, we've talked a lot about Court Jacquez, but in Kai Money, who obviously was the standout uh, breakout star who people didn't know maybe in, in week one. Um, and then Jet Bush, a guy who went viral right before the game for, for getting his scholarship um, offer and it being an emotional tearjerker, but a guy who played a lot of snaps, who rotated in, um, you know, almost immediately for Osa. I think I saw him in the second quarter. So, I mean, um, th- that's interesting. Like, they're clearly players who were good in high school who had other um, – collegiate opportunities to play Texas was able to talk them in and say be a preferred walk-on obviously for for two of those guys it's, it's worked out to where they now are earned a scholarship um, but just just wanted to kind of note that that may be a little trend if you're if you're looking for some of your follow recruiting the big four-star and five-star names like there's a couple names on there who went a, in a non-traditional path and made that depth chart and I just think that's commendable and I think it's an awesome trend to keep an eye on the season. It's cool to see guys that, that do that and make that choice to kind of pay their own way and, and try their way onto the team. It's, it's impressive to see them making waves. So I absolutely uh, think it's, it's that it's that next tier of recruiting. You, we all, we talk about the five stars we have, we have Nick coming on in just a second to talk about, um, you know, big time recruits, but these, these culture guys, these guys that are going to come in and, and really work hard and, and practice hard and be on the scout team even uh, are the guys that really seem to make your, your program go. So at the time of recording, the, the Dallas Stars are currently playing. And, and so we uh, Mike is, if you haven't followed him on, on Twitter, Mike is a Dallas Stars guy. And we wanted to not encroach on the sacred time that is the Dallas Stars game. And when I asked him, if you can't be on, who do you want us to have? Who would who'd be the best to talk about? He said, none other than Nick Harris of Horns247. So we reached out because Kyle and I love recruiting but don't really actually know what's going on. So we want to get an expert on. So we've got Nick Harris of Horns247, a recruiting analyst over there, uh, joining us to talk a little uh, recruiting because, well, it's been been about a month and it feels due. So, Nick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. I don't think Mike is uh, too happy right now. They're down three to nothing at the end of the first period. So y'all definitely would have caught him at a bad time. Yeah, he would just just angry take spitting out about it's dumb. Sports are dumb. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. It, it, it's okay. Mike, we love you. And all the Dallas Stars fans that listen, we're, it's not looking good. And you know what? By, this could be really dated by the time this comes out in the morning. That's right. Up a massive comeback. But yeah. it's all – it's neither here nor there. But speaking of weird, massive comebacks. So, uh, Texas received a commitment from four-star cornerback Jalen Gilbo uh, out of Port Arthur. And it's a comeback because, well, he put out this top five that didn't include Texas. And a lot of people in the know, including, didn't really buy it. Texas was not included in it. None of you changed your crystal balls. So, like, what's what's the story? If you even know, like, what happened with that top five? Was it just trolling people? Was he doing what we do and, like, to drag Aggies as much as he can? Like, what's the story? Yeah, um, there, there's a lot of truth in both of those statements, I think. But um, I think more so in the, in the trolling aspect. In my opinion, Gilbo was a Longhorn. I mean, when I put the crystal ball in, I think that was back in April or May. Um, you know, there, there had always been momentum there. He has a teammate that is committed in the 2021 cycle with Jordan Thomas. 
Um, Texas has done really well in the Golden Triangle in recent years, especially or most notably with Roshan Johnson. Um, so there was just a lot of connects that were happening uh, towards, uh, you know, getting Jalen Gilbo to Austin. And um, I, I felt like it was definitely a done deal once Quinn Ewers had committed. I had talked to Jalen uh, after uh, the day after and um, nothing but positive and glowing remarks there from Jalen. Uh, so I was like, yeah, it's just a matter. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. And when you put out that top five, I, uh, I actually called Mike and I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> Cause uh, I'd kind of already, you know, picked up that it might be, you know, a little bit of a troll job. He said, <laughs> I'm not worried about anything. And uh, I was like, I don't think I am either. So we just stuck with it. And, uh, that's, that's the good part of knowing what's going on, I guess. <laughs> this is, this is like the total evolution for these Gen Z kids of who understand social media, just use it just to mess with people. Like if these ad- full grown adults are going to tweet at them with whatever they're angry about that day, why not? Why not troll them back? I think this is a, a start of something beautiful for recruits owning their, uh, their recruitment. I respect it. I respect it 100%. Like in the moment I was like, Come on, Jalen. But like now, kind of looking back, I was like, "Yeah, I kind of respect that." <laughs> I mean, the the amount of shade we've been able to throw at Aggies over it has been has sure. been worth <laughs> worth the week or two of hand wringing. Message board triggering is, is good no matter the form you can get it in. But I mean, obviously, what you do, Keanu Coburn, I think, warmed hearts before he ever played uh, a down by, by slandering uh, OU. But he's continuing to do so by what he does on the field. And I think that's, that's the more important part. So for Gilbo, what 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 kind of skill set? I know he's listed a corner. So I'm thinking he might uh, project more to the nickel, uh, the college level. What is the skill set uh, in your mind, and, and where do you see him fitting as fitting as a Texas defense? Um, if we're comparing him to a guy that's uh, on roster right now, I like I like him a lot as like a Jade Barron type kid. Um, I, I know we haven't seen Jade much on the field in Austin yet, of course, uh, but he kind of has this very similar uh, frame, but very similar skill set. Uh, the only kind of the only difference with uh, Gilbo is that I think he's played against already a lot more elite competition than Bar- uh, Barron ever had uh, playing at a Fluvial Connolly. He plays some uh, deep squads down there at Port Arthur Memorial. They play some pretty good teams in that region. And he also plays for a uh, seven-on-seven powerhouse with a fast seven-on-seven. Um, he's trained by uh, Rose Simon, who's one of the best in Texas, you know, at doing what he does. And uh, he's kind of looked at as a mentor for Jalen. Um, so I think this is a kid who's really going to develop over the next couple of years. And uh, he might even have, you know, a, a bigger a comparison name uh, attached to him uh, once he signs. I love it. So as we look at – as we look at – Gilbo as a player, um, his tape kind of jumps out at you. But one of the things when you look at kind of his his evaluations is that forty time, and that's been people are a lot of people are pointing to. Uh, we've heard people say that it was maybe it was a slow track or a bad day, but like he seems to play a lot faster than at least that number specifically indicates. I believe that number was taken at the national combine in San Antonio in January, and that is notorious for being a super small track. Um, if you kind of go back, uh, to just looking at all of those times, I think like only two kids, uh, came, uh, under a four, six. So it's a, it's a, it's a really tough track and it's, it's known for being pretty slow. Um, so I wouldn't worry too much about that 40 time if it ever comes from like a national combine, uh, type atmosphere. But if you see a kid drop a, you know, a sub four or five at that nas- uh, national combine, then that's definitely something to keep an eye on. So shifting gears to, to 2021, um, a priority target for Texas, Andrew Makuba announced, uh, that he will be committing on October 1st because, well, why hold out if I can't take trips anyway? So you and you and a lot of the two, four, seven writers in the know have had Texas crystal balls in for a minute. Uh, uh, a, a Clemson crystal ball came in right after the announcement. So like, how should Texas fans feel 
heading into like the final stretch for a guy who would would really complete that defensive class? Yeah, it's it's really going to be a toss up, and, and um, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people, including Mike, just you know about how you know everyone feels about where Makuba is right now, and um, it, it could literally be either or. And uh, I think LSU is also kind of a dark horse in this. Um, uh, Missouri is also in that grouping as well, but I, I really think it's going to come down to Clemson or Texas. Um, and hopefully we'll kind of have more of an idea next week ahead of his decision. I believe, I believe the first is Thursday, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll have, we'll have more of an idea before next Thursday, but you know, as it sits right now, I talked to, I talked to Andrew last week. Um, he's really liking what the Texas staff is offering him. He really liked what he saw on the field against UTEP. Of course it was UTEP, but I mean, he'll be able to see uh, some conference action this upcoming weekend. Um, he had a virtual visit with Clemson uh, before their game against the Citadel on Saturday. He was able to talk to some coaches before that game. He really liked that experience. So honestly, it wouldn't even surprise me if Andrew doesn't even know what he's doing quite yet. Uh, sure. If he doesn't know where he's picking quite yet. Um, you know, he's got two very good programs that are um, uh, appealing to him right now. Clemson has made him their top priority uh, at, at the safety position and just the defensive back group in general. Uh, Texas has also done the same. They have both turned down commits in hopes of uh, picking up Makuba. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's got, he's got a, a or a one. Uh, so <laughs> he, he can't go wrong here in my opinion. And so, uh, the folks know where to, where to find Roach, uh, his takes on it. Where can they see you as, as they watch, uh, over the next week and try to see, you know, if anything breaks on Makuba before the first, uh, what, where are you tweeting from? So, so folks can make sure they see you there. Yeah, Nick Harris two four seven. That's my Twitter, and uh, also stay peeled to Horns twenty four seven. We're hoping to, you know, keep as we always do. We hope to, you know, keep a keep a foot on it. And so for the rest uh, of of you know, I go to two four seven for all my news. But for the rest of the twenty twenty one class, I think uh, Makuba notwithstanding, what what are the other battles that y'all are watching over there that that fans should keep an eye on? I think uh, Shamar Turner is, uh, in my opinion, the biggest one left on the board right now. Or the second biggest. Uh, we'll get to LJ Johnson, the first one. Um, but Shamar Turner, uh, probably the second biggest uh, one left on the board. Um, I actually went out and saw him on Thursday at uh, DeSoto scrimmage. He's a four-star defensive end for DeSoto. DeSoto's put out some solid, uh, solid defensive linemen in the past. Um, I mean, you have Von Miller, uh, mm -hmm. you have uh, a couple of others that have made it to the NFL. So it's just kind of known for being a defensive line um, uh, school hybrid. And uh, they also have Byron Murphy uh, at defensive tackle right now. He's a Baylor commit. Um, and Shamar is really, really good. He's really strong. He's got a phenomenal frame. To be 283 pounds and not have one lick of fat on you, it's just I, – I envy it almost. It's just like, wow, how can you do that? Uh, but, yeah, it, there's a lot of uh, a lot of schools in that battle, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to carry out into January. Uh, he wants to commit at the Under Armour game on January 7th. Uh, Texas A&M is right there in it, LSU, Georgia, um, Alabama. Uh, it's it's going to be a tough one, but uh, Texas has done a great job uh, keeping communication with them. Uh, defensive line coach Oscar Giles uh, has been involved, defensive coordinator Chris Ash, Tom Herman. I mean, they, they're throwing in everybody who, who wants to talk to Shamar. They're, they're talking to him. So uh, uh, I, I wouldn't definitely count – I would definitely wouldn't count Texas out of this one. I think they're right there in it. Uh, LJ Johnson, of course, running back from Cy Fair. Uh, he's teetering right at that five-star, four-star mark. We have him as a high-tier four-star right now. Um, it's Texas and Texas A&M, it looks like it's coming down to. And uh, hopefully we'll have more of an idea when he decides to commit here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but it, I, I could see it happening uh, before November. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. 
Uh, Terrence Cooks, linebacker from Shadow Creek, three-star linebacker. Don't let the three-star fool you. Uh, this kid is phenomenal. Um, for a state that doesn't put out uh, great linebackers, um, Terrence Cooks is really, really good. And I, I think he's going to be one of the better ones to come out of Texas in the last three to four, three or four years. Um, and I think Texas is in the driver's seat right now in his recruitment. LSU is making a late push. Um, that is a, a dream school in the family. Uh, but Texas has uh, maintained a relationship for much longer than LSU has. And I think, uh, I think Coleman Hutzler has done a pretty good job of uh, keeping the coach recruitment tight. Yeah, like Coach Hutzler has kind of come in and, and done a really good job of keeping a group together and, and adding some really really solid pieces to that linebacker group. I've been we're, I've been really impressed with the guy whose name isn't super splashy when it comes to recruiting. Yeah, absolutely. And if we look forward to the twenty twenty two guys, he's done phenomenal with guys like uh, Harold Perkins. He's a four star from uh, Cy Park, and Justin Medlock, a four star from Manville. Uh, every time I talk to a linebacker recruit, they're like, "Oh yeah, I love Coach Hutzler. He's one of my favorite coaches I talk to." So yeah, Coleman's doing a phenomenal job. Awesome. Well, well, Nick, we really, we really appreciate you taking some time out. So this is where we do our recruiting segment. We don't just want to, we love recruiting. We don't want to just keep it to recruiting. And so, um, one of the things that we love to do is figure out like, what do you, what are you doing? What are you watching outside of, cause you're spending a lot of time on the road. So like when you're home, when you're trying to unwind, like what's your, what's your go-to on Netflix or Hulu streaming, whatever. Like what do you what are you streaming right now? Well, right now, or I guess for the last couple of months, um, I'm the biggest Jimmy Butler fan you'll find on the planet. <laughs> so the Miami Heat's playoff run has been something I've been. If they're not playing, I'm watching highlights or interviews or something. Like this Jeez. this Miami Heat run is just I'm loving it. Um, but as far as like TV, I'm not a big TV guy. Honestly, like uh, Mike and uh, the rest of the guys that like you know we see at games, they kind of give me a hard time for that. Like, what do you do? Just sit and watch the wind. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess sometimes I do, but I'm, I'm not a big of a TV guy. Uh, I'm normally appealed to sports or uh, listening to music, um, just kind of, you know, chilling, hanging out. Are you are you from Tomball? Is that how you became a Jimmy Butler guy? No, actually, kind of a funny story here. I was, uh, I'm from Tyler. Um, whenever oh, okay. I, I was a, whenever I was a kid, my mom was taking uh, junior college classes at Tyler Junior College, and while she was in class, I would go and you know check out basketball practice or check out basketball games. And Jimmy Butler was playing at that time, and uh, he honestly wasn't even the best player on that team. Uh, wow. But kind of looking as his career began to expand, and he went off to Marquette, and then he uh, got drafted by Chicago. Then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, following his career ever since then, it made me a big fan. Wow. I love that. It's That's been probably the most intriguing, obviously, out of the NBA playoffs. As soon as all the horns went out, I kind of just wanted chaos. And so I think the Heat and Jimmy are the perfect chaos pick. So listeners, if you if you disagree strongly with Nick, if you just if you just cannot stand, if you have a team, if you're a Celtics fan, if you're if you don't want your uh, Western Conference opponents to meet Jimmy. Just just tweet at Nick and give him give him your 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 hottest NBA takes. It sounds like he's not watching anything on TV, so he's got time. <laughs> we we want all the hate. We want all the hate. It, it, it fuels us. I love it. I love it. So Nick, we already mentioned it just a little bit, but uh, if people want to keep up with you and what you've got going on and, and what you're what you're bringing to the table, man, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, on Twitter, it's Nick Harris two four seven. Same thing on Instagram, and then um, I'm putting out an article uh, one or two every day on Horns two four seven. So uh, you know, stay peeled there. Uh, you know, I, I believe that we have phenomenal recruiting coverage and phenomenal team coverage over on the 24-7 sports site. So uh, any support is great support. Absolutely. And, and we've said it before. If you're if you're into recruiting and you're not listening to the State of Recruiting podcast that Nick and Mike put out, uh, you are doing it wrong. We're going to have a big episode this week, by the way. I'm just going to tease it. 
Y'all are going to oh, get the first oh. little teaser. Nice. I, uh, I texted Mike about it yesterday. I was like, uh, we got some ideas. It's going to be very uh, Texas high school football related this week. So I'm excited to you know, flex our knowledge there too. Fantastic. Awesome, Nick. Thank you so much for taking some time out, man. Uh, go, go. I guess, try to support the stars maybe. See how that goes. <laughs> yeah, it's not looking too bright. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. So now it's the part of the show where we kind of shine a light on all the other non-football stuff that pops up and we down the 40. So soccer is having a rough go of it to start the season. They uh, lost their second game of the season uh, in their second game of the season, lost three nil to TCU on the road in Fort Worth. Uh, TCU's Yasmin Ryan scored in minute 28 to kind of put it uh, to put them ahead. And then Texas kept it close for the majority of the game. And then TCU put two late, two in late, I think in like the 80, like 80 plus minutes on both of those. So uh, they're started the season. zero and two, it's only a, Nine game season, so they've got to uh, put that together. They take on OU at home this Friday, hopefully to get off of the snide. Uh, volleyball opens the season this week with a two game series against OU and Norman on Thursday and Friday. So we're excited to see those ladies in action. I think they're probably uh, one of the. They've got a real strong chance, or would have had a real strong chance to play for a national championship if that was a real thing. Correct, and, and hey, they at least have a number one next to their name, and and both of these teams can uh, can hang a big fat W on OU, um, and and that always feels good. It doesn't matter how your season's going, it doesn't matter what you're ranked. Um, when you go out and beat OU, that's just everyone feels good about that. Everybody feels great about it. Men's, men's and women's cross country will actually have an opportunity to compete twice this fall at the Arturo Barrios Invitational and College Station. In, in October 17th, and then the Big 12 Cross Country Championships in Lawrence, Kansas on October 30th. So we'll get at least two races out of the cross country team this year. So the other uh, the other piece that uh, of news this week I just wanted to make sure we, we got in there is that you know the additional kind of forward-looking schedule, we do have an official start date for Texas men basketball. Um, the uh, 30th of November, so Thanksgiving time, uh, Texas men's basketball will be joining – UNC, Indiana, Alabama, Providence, Stanford, UNLV, and Davidson. I think the teams are the same as before, but the venue has changed. That was uh, originally scheduled to be and is still called the 2020 Maui Invitational, but it will be held in Asheville, Carolina. So, Gerald, what I really want to talk about there. If you're a player, you commit to a school like Texas, you get to play a you know in a tournament with North Carolina and some big – uh, names and you get to go to Maui. You know, 18 years old, I'm getting to go to, to to Hawaii. Again, nothing against Asheville. It's a very nice town, actually, very quaint, um, kind of Austin-y vibes, cool town. But I mean, you're kind of going from a 9.5 travel destination to like a 7.5. So what I really want to ask you is, Gerald, can you even comprehend a situation like that of of the letdown that comes into it? What's your most expectation of one thing and uh what you actually got it's like pulling up to whataburger only to realize it's in and out (laughs) uh that's beautiful and i mean as we are a national podcast i'm sure we have listeners from every school listening to this especially those on the west coast we may get some hate and in fact there may even be longhorns who've been away from texas for so long living out on the west coast that they've been brainwashed if you have feelings about gerald's take that (laughs) that being scheduled to go to maui for the opening basketball tournament and ending up in Asheville, north carolina is the equivalent 
to the SAT analogy of pulling into the the uh, roadside burger to to sate your appetite, thinking it's a water burger, only to find a double double. Um, let Gerald know about it in in replies of Texas or just just uh, angry burger uh, tweets. Please hit him up and, and tweet at the show and, and give us all of your angry takes. They're wrong if you think that In and Out is better than Whataburger. <laughs> Certainly they're wrong, but but give it to us. Let's hear it. Um, and if you're out here riding for Whataburger, we always like those tag Whataburger. They they like to be tagged in the tweets and tweet at the show and the replies of Texas and let us know just how right we are that that Whataburger in this analogy is Maui. All right, Gerald, so let's get now to the Burn Orange lenses, take a look at the uh, greater world around us with uh, a Burn Orange view on it. I'm going to start with a somber note. We did have uh, a Longhorn legend pass away this week, RIP to T. Jones, a former Texas quarterback, Longhorn Hall of Honor recipient. Uh, it's, you know, apropos this week as he was also a longtime Texas Tech athletic director. I think he's the guy who actually hired Spike Dykes um, and, and kind of changed the trajectory of that program, but he passed away at 89 years old. He was also a Texas Cowboy. So, um, you know, always sad you lose an alumni there, but lived a, a very full and great life. Um, but I, I do, we, we've talked football, but I do want to give a couple other football notices. This is where we're going to talk active players, Longhorns in the NFL. And so I'm going to start right at the top. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the guy who I think had the best. And you tell me if you, you have another candidate for this, but the best Longhorn week uh, of them all in, and, and, um, the caveat here, again, being we moved this up from, from the Thursday show to the Monday show, so there's really no way to cover Monday night football. I think as we're recording this, each of the Malcolms, uh, Brown, and Roach uh, on the defensive line of the Saints have a tackle. Um, but but I don't think I'm wrong in saying that my, my Longhorn, uh, NFL Longhorn of the Week is Mike Dixon. The, 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 the thunder from down under, uh, Dicko mode, four punts, all four of his punts inside the 20, a 200 average and 200, or excuse me, <laughs> a 200 total yardage and a 200 net, no returns on any of his four punts. A long of 63, um, average of 50, just, just was a leg. He downed one on the one-yard line without someone downing it. He did it himself, put a ridiculous just kick, roll, and stop on the one in a way that made it seem like he has a remote a remote control uh in one of his boots it, it was it was a a classic um bowl mvp caliber performance from mike dixon this week so he's my longhorn nfl longhorn of the week who you got it's hard to argue with dixon but i i do want to highlight that five nine quandre dixon hit six four Nikhil harry and gave him a little welcome to the league young man uh which you know we can argue about the legality of hits and whatever but um <laughs> You're giving up like seven inches, and you absolutely depleted that guy. Uh, so Quandre's been doing that since day one, and I just I always love to highlight when Quandre just blasts somebody. I, I, it was beautiful. I do think he got ejected for that. He one, did get but, ejected. Um, but you know, sometimes you just you gotta welcome someone in and and pay the 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 repercussions of it. Speaking of giving up several inches, but, but bringing a wall up, um, there's a certain defensive tackle for the Seahawks. Gerald, what's his name? Boona. Puna Ford didn't stuff the this, this stat sheet. It was kind of a Texas-type performance. He was all over. He was big. He commanded some space and, and did some things. But uh, his tackle was a crucial one. Cam Newton had driven the Patriots down. It was 35-30. to 30, uh, Was going for it. Rolled out to his left. And who was there to put an end and save the game with a game-winning tackle on the goal line? None other than our boy. 
Puna Ford. Um, so he gets a little honorable mention there. A couple other guys who, who showed out. Justin Tucker continues to be Justin Tucker, four for four from field goal, three for three from extra point, was just on it. Um, Deshaun Elliott, I was excited to see. Uh, four tackles and got his first career sack. Also had two hurries on, on Deshaun Watson. Looked like he you know, could have was trying to get multiple sacks uh, after getting his first. He got a taste for it. Um, Chuck Omenahu on the other side. They each had great celebrations in that same game. Longhorn sacks on both sides for the Texans and the Ravens all look good. Uh, Devin Duvernay did have a catch. Had He's still retaining the kick returning duties uh, for the Ravens as well. Jordan Hicks had 10 tackles. Um, Kenny Vaccaro also 10 tackles. So now we've had Brandon Jones in week one and two more Longhorns in week two with 10 tackles. That's awesome. Kenny Vaccaro added a sack and two pass breakups. Um, the, the other kind of, of note, Holton Hill had seven tackles for the second straight week, which sounds amazing for a corner, um, but he's kind of padding the stats in like a – I don't even know the closest approximate here, but he, he lets his guy catch it. And then I guess he at least makes the tackle. Um, but I think he was like four for four or five for five on the targets uh, to his receiver. And he got a tackle on each of those. So um, maybe not, maybe it's ignominy in those stats to be the leading cornerback tackler around. Cause that means the guy that you're covering is tackleable. I don't know. Um, anything else, Gerald, I missed from the, the NFL this week? Um, Brandon Jones did not have a good outing after a seven tackle performance in the first game ended up with just one against the Buffalo bills, which I, I, I still don't Josh Allen. I don't get it, but it's fine. It's okay. He's doing well. Proud of him. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So Gerald, um, burn orange lenses includes a little bit of shade. Oftentimes we throw it our, our rivals or, or former rivals. Um, and, and I, I, this will be, you know, fleshed out in the Texas pregamer, uh, for folks to read there, but I'm just going to sing a little, a little ditty, um, for everyone from, from Greece. Um, you have heard to the tune of beauty school dropout this week. Uh, and recently this off season, there's been some Aggie school opt outs. Uh, unfortunately, they had. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, unfortunately, they had a, a receiver as well as um, their kind of star uh, potential star linebacker. Um, both opt out of the season. The mentions on Twitter have been uh, Aggielicious. Um, these people who it's a different breed because they respect and love their players certainly quickly had some not so favorable words for, for, uh, for Mr. Hines who, who chose to opt out for personal reasons and to be a part of his community, which again, seems like a good thing to me, but, uh, any thoughts on the Aggies there? The guy lost a family member, I believe to COVID like a month ago. So, um, I get it. I mean, I get it for any reason, but like that reason, especially like just, just be a decent human being. Yeah, it's tough, tough, tough thing for the folks who frequent the TexAggs.coms that uh, where real football is played, and it's played in the SEC, but not necessarily in College Station. The Big Ten, uh, one of probably, what, the three best conferences, four best conferences certainly uh, in the country, uh, it said they weren't going to play. And then since we had our last podcast, I believe, they said they are going to play. Um, we'll see how that affects Texas going forward. Obviously, this isn't a burn orange lenses because we're thinking about it from a Texas perspective. Um it adds more people to the college playoff equation, whereas the Big 12 is really down. And, you know, that could hurt a team a little bit more now, uh, either OU or Texas. But, I mean, I think that the, the calculus is probably – the algebra is probably still the same. Beat everybody. Beat OU. Win the – do it twice probably in the Big 12 championship. And that person undefeated or even one loss maybe uh, should still be in the playoff, right? Yeah, I, I mean – 
take care of your business. Like control your controllables. That's Tom Herman's thing is right. Control what's in front of you. Win the next game. If you win them all and you win them all well enough, then there's really a, it's hard to argue to keep you out. Yeah, it's it's fair. I agree. If you win all your games, it's hard to argue. That's that's a, that you make it simple when you say it that way. Uh, there were a couple. Um, just to wrap up kind of football here, there were a couple uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame nominations that came out uh, with a burn orange perspective. Eric Metcalf, longtime uh, running back receiver return man um, for the Horns and in the NFL. Uh, Priest Holmes, obviously from San Antonio. We love us some Priest and uh, Big Beauty. I don't even remember his nickname. But Casey Hampton, who was a a, a, a wrecking ball both at Texas and then for a long time in the NFL, all up for Pro Football Hall of Fame. And finally, uh, Gerald, I'm going to throw before we move off of football, just a quick, quick, quick trivia to you. Calling this Trivia 9000. Gerald, there are currently two active college quarterbacks playing today who have thrown for 9,000 yards in their career. Gerald, do you know who those two quarterbacks are? Sam Ellinger and Shane Bouchelle. That is correct, Gerald. You are correct. The the I think the Sam Ellinger one was easy. He is the leading active passing yards. Yes, Shane Bouchel passed the nine thousand yard mark this past week as well. So pretty decent recruiting job. Two guys who were pretty productive, including at Texas. Uh, certainly in Ellinger's case, but also in Bouchel. So I mean, that's just a cool stat. Like I I don't can't really think of a time when that could ever be true um, in in any other you know time in, in, in the history of college football. So that's a cool stat. Um, it, it, finally, a couple of quick wrap-ups for the the folks who've gone on. Alumni status, former Texas men's golf standout Scotty Scheffler, who was on the team 14-18 to 18 with Jordan Spieth, won the national championship, was named the 2020 PGA Tour Rookie of the Year for this 1920 season. So uh, nice work, Scotty. Um, and then uh, less exciting news, but just wanted to make sure everyone was aware, the defending WNBA champion Washington Mystics went out in the first round of the WNBA playoffs on a buzzer beater sad days because that eliminated both of the Longhorns still competing in the WNBA playoffs. Shook Sutton and Ariel Atkins, who both play on that Mystics team, were knocked out. So no more Longhorns in either of the bubbles, no Longhorns in the playoff. So uh, chaos is what we're rooting for. Come on, chaos. But that brings us to the part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions in all of college athletics, Big Bertha, and we bang the drum brought to you by Joe Ruiz. So, Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week? Well, um, you know, the Herman Presser we, we mentioned was not so substantial. So I, I watched um, all of the pressers and and caught, um, you know, Josh Moore was good. DeMarvian Overshone has such an East Texas accent. I love it. But there was none better, and there, there rarely is, than Snacks Coburn. I mean, come on. We've talked for years at this point, and he hasn't been here that long, about how much we love this guy. He's a great interview. He's he's not, like, crazy ridiculous. He's just funny. He's just a fun guy. Um, and he just had some good, solid quotes. Uh, they Some of my favorites came talking about a guy who I've had probably four or five different people independently text me asking my thoughts about uh, in, in the past, in last week's UTEP game, uh, Alfred Collins. So, it, you know, we didn't, like, break a ton down. We just said, hey, the kid was really good in high school. He came in as a true freshman, and he was really good in his, his you know, snaps against UTEP. Um, so, th- obviously, that's what a lot of people wanted to talk about. So, they asked Snacks about it a couple times. Um, a few of the choice quotes, uh, he said, his body don't look like a freshman, 
but his face do, which is just a, a nice, uh, a nice subtle burn for the 18 year old telling him not to get too big for his britches. But the crazy thing, he said, he's as good as TQ, who is very, very good. Who's NFL like next year. Good. Um, so that's like, yeah, if, if you want to pump some sunshine, drink some Kool-Aid, that's, uh, that's nice there. He called him very quick for his size, like a dinosaur. Which is not the analogy that I would necessarily immediately go to there. But the more it. I think about it, the more it works. Yeah, I I, I don't hate it. Um, yeah, he he uh, you know just talked about how he's quick off the ball, um, and then he talked about a couple of the other guys. And I just again that D line, you and I are both excited about it, and we're excited about the beef in it. Um, and and you know they asked uh, him about uh, TQ. It's Taquan Graham, of course, as, as captain. Um, and he said, you know, how's his leadership style? Uh, and he said, have you ever heard TQ's voice? It sounds like Darth Vader, which is correct. He has a very deep voice. But I just, again, Snacks puts things in perspective in a way that I can digest and I very much like. And then this final one on T-Sweat, he said he should be a starter too, basically indicating that they have three ones on the defensive center of the defensive line with Coburn, uh, Taquan Graham and and Tavondre Sweat, um, and then he went on to say that Sweat is the best pass rusher on the team. So just some nuggets there that I really really liked. Uh, I, you know, let's let's decide at the end of the year uh, and let NFL GMs do the same when all three of those guys are looking like NFL assets. So just a, just a shout out to Snacks, good presser this week. Any any amount of Snacks, whether speaking of Coburn or Snacks in my home, is a good thing for me so i'm banging the drum this week on lifetime longhorn mo bamba so mo bamba is getting involved uh with uh, our civic duty really uh so because of the pandemic because of all the things going on in the world there is a shortage of poll workers around the country and so mo bamba is working with the nba to help get people to volunteer to work the polls and so uh you know we're we're just a few weeks from a, an election. And so regardless of your politics, regardless of who you're going to vote for, uh, vote. And if you've got the opportunity, you've got some margin, maybe sign up to be a poll worker. We need people to help keep our rights intact and keep the, the polls working smoothly because nobody wants to be in a line. It's, it's one of the most discouraging things in the world when you show up on election day and there's a line around the block just because well, we've only got two people working the polls. So again, it's 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 the most American thing you can do, regardless of si- the side of the aisle you're on, is to let your voice be heard and vote. And I'm just glad to see more uh, Longhorns that are leading the charge to get people to a point where they can do what they should be doing. Man, that's incredible, Jared. We're one, two, three, I guess four weeks out from early voting starting. So it's uh, it's coming right up, folks. You can get started very soon. Uh, who would have thought? That uh, you know, Mobamba would would be big on and off the court. Uh, the thing that I'm most excited about is Sheck West's um, uh, remix about poll workers. I I can only imagine it's going to be fire um, as uh, the original Mobamba was. But no, that's exciting. I like that. And that's all we've got for you this week, Kyle. Where can the good folks find you on the internet? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Kyle Carpenter. You can also follow the Texas pregamer at. Texas pregame. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at GH Goodridge. Follow the show on Twitter at 
Longhorn Pod. Follow us on Facebook, Longhorn Republic, where you can catch our post-game live stream. You'll see Kyle and I. I actually get to see if you didn't. You actually get to see what we look like. So check us out there. We'd love to have you immediately following the game. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, hook them. Get sacks, snacks, hook them.